When your theology about raising kids, theology about anything for that matter, is taken from what your parents told you to believe and what your preacher told you to believe and what your youth minister told you to believe, you're going to find yourself smack in the middle of a divided life because you don't actually own the theology driving your life. You're just borrowing it. Now that's good stuff, and that's an excerpt from a book you need to know about. And today on the Isle of Misfits, we're talking to the author of that book that you need to know about. So, keep listening. So, usually I do a clever little setup to kind of ease our way into chatting with our special guest here on the Isle of Misfits. But today, we're just going to jump right into the thick of it with a guy who wrote a book called in the thick of it. See what I did there? His name is Jason Cruz. And aside from this here particular book, you may also know him from his time hosting the show Spring Chronicles on the Sportsman Channel, or maybe you've heard him speak at a national gathering somewhere, or even read his other book called A Wanted Man. So whatever the case, he's here with us today, right now, as a matter of fact, and he's got some important stuff to say. So first, I just want to welcome you to the aisle, Jason. I'm so glad to have you here. Well, thank you, Nancy. You know, uh, I, I've always, I love your Isle of Misfits. I've always <laughs> felt like maybe uh, there's an island somewhere where people like me live. I don't know if I want to find it or not. Maybe we'll all be messed up, but but uh, it, it, that's great. I love it. I love people to go against the grain. So what a great title. Well, thank you so much. And really, you know, it, my my firm belief is that somewhere in the depths of our souls, we all have a little misfit inside of us. But the good news is somebody wants a Charlie in the box out there. So we are, we're all wired for a purpose. Yes, yes, we are. So now that we have established our misfitishness and now that we've named the name of the book in the thick of it, we haven't really talked about what your book's about. So, Jason, can you can you nutshell it for us? Yeah, for sure. You know, I, Barber uh, Publishing, they're great, and I love working with them. We did A Wanted Man and did A Man Minute. Uh, those two books had, had done well, and, and they asked me, do you do you have anything you want to talk about when, when it comes to, to raising your boys? And I said, I do, but I tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to write a how-to. I mean, who's crazy enough to say this is how you should raise your kids? I mean, you don't write in, a how-to on parenting, right? In 12 um, Easy I, Steps. I see what I will yeah, that's right. So, but I will, I will write on in the thick of it because that's where Michelle and I are. We're we we are in the thick of raising two boys, Cole's thirteen, Cooper's seven, and and um, but the nutshell of the book is simply this. You know, I'm, when I was growing up in the seventies and eighties, I was in high school in the late eighties and early nineties, and and um, you know, as a as a student or even a, a young person, you you weren't necessarily a target market. You know, Nike may have come after you for sports stuff, but I mean, there wasn't this world, it did, at least it, it, there was, it didn't feel like there was this world agenda coming after you. Um, and now we live in a culture that's even literally even trying to, def- that, that's having massive conversations within school systems on, well, what defines a boy? Mm. I mean, even anatomy doesn't define a boy. And I'm like, you know, oh, enough enough wait a minute you know and 
So this is just my look at when I look at at you know, I coach my son's football teams. I uh, it, raising you know I think the subtitle to the book is is says it all. You know, uh, raising young men to be you know men of of character and men of conviction in a culture of, a culture of compromise, and that's what's happened. And so this book really kind of throws down the gauntlet. It's not ugly. It's not mean. In fact. I would say this is a great, it's not a difficult read. I, you know, I've never, Nancy, I've never been uh, accused of being Spurgeon um, or anybody, you know, C.S. Lewis. I'm not, those guys uh, breathe a different air than I do uh, as far as uh, their depth of writing. I, I write more for theological survival. Um, and, and there's and a so place for that, yes. For young, yeah, you, this is a book for young parents that, that says, look, you don't have to buy in to what you're being told in culture about what makes a young man. You can look to the scriptures and you can look to time, time proven principles that come from the scriptures on what, but we need men of grit. We need men of character. We need men that will stand up like Nehemiah did and say, you know, Hey, we're, we're, I'm just not going to bow down. Uh, the scriptures full of, of men, but those men had to be raised. They were boys at one time. And, and so they had to be raised to be men and unapologetically be a man. And so that's, that's what this book's about. Unapologetically. I love that because, uh, you know, we're, we're not hearing a whole lot of that. Um, maybe a few voices, a few important voices. But in this culture, you talked about a culture of confusion. And I think this is an excellent segue. I, um, I kind of gave you a heads up. I gave you a little warning. We have a little tradition here. To get to know our guests, I like to play a stupid game. So I'm really excited about that. So um, today's stupid game is all about culture, really. It's uh, TV dads over the age of television. So, Jason Cruz, are you willing to play my stupid game with me? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So the, the name of the game is Name That Famous TV Dad. So I'm going to give you a couple of quotes from different dads over the TV ages. And all you got to do is tell me who it is. Yeah, all right. All you gotta do. Okay. All right. I'll start. I'll give you. I'll even give you a hint. I'll start with a kind of a contemporary one. Pranks are one thing, but when you mess with a man's shampoo, you're messing with the man. And I'll give you a hint. This Ray dad. Romano. Um. Actually, you know what? That <laughs> that very well could be. Um. But no, I was gonna give you a hint. He also the guy who played the dad also had a video show laughing at people in funny videos. It was. Oh, America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. So it was uh, Danny Tanner from Full House. So he okay. felt very seriously about okay. his hair. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So here's one. You're never too old to do goofy stuff. And I will give you a hint. This, this is a classic. This is got to go back. Got to go back a couple decades for this one. You're never too old to do goofy stuff. You're never too old to do goofy stuff. And if I tell you who he said it to, you're yeah. going to get it right away. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm at a loss. All right. No, all right. I'll give it. You're never too old to do goofy stuff, Beaver. Oh, okay. Ward. <laughs> Ward. It was that. Ward Cleaver. Yes. Uh, timeless. Yeah, Ward. You got to love Ward Cleaver. Time. the best flat top known to man. Oh, yes. Yes. He, he was the standard bearer for many of the year. Okay. Uh, one more. One more. Okay, this one, I'll give you a hint beforehand. This is probably one of the more contemporary dads. Never be afraid to reach for the stars, because even if you fall, you'll always be wearing a parent shoot, in air quotes. Think oh contemporary, think I cheesy, think cheesy contemporary dad. Cheesy 
cheesy contemporary dad. Well, I got to tell you, I don't watch a lot of TV, so I'm going to your gonna credit. Walk this one too, but I will. Who said that? No, well, to your credit, I said that was actually Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. So, yeah. Modern it's... Family. Well, and I'll tell you, you're, the, the, but that, that's interesting. You're wearing a parent shoot. A parent shoot. And, and I'll tell you something. Um, that, that sounds like exactly the reason that I wrote that book. And um, <laughs> there you go. So beautiful segue. Uh, you know, yes. Let's, let's go from you, here. Yeah. You've got, you've got, um, you've got parents. So there's, there's, there's even parts in my, in, in, in this book that I talk about letting your son fail. Michelle and I, you know, we talk about helicopter parents. Sometimes these parents that want to, you know, choreograph every little step that your kids make. And they're so afraid you're, kids are going to fail or they're so afraid that something's not going to go right. And a friend of mine is a professor um, at a major university, and he told me about a term that he's hearing recently called lawnmower parents. I was just going to say that. There's a new thing. Yes, I yes. just read an article about that. Yes. Yeah, lawnmower parent. A lawnmower parent is someone that if there's any obstacle in their son or daughter's way, they just mow, mow it down. down. They're yes. so afraid they're, they're right. not going to get the opportunity. And the bottom line is, it's just not how the real world works. You know, you know, we give millennials a hard time. I mean, we, we, we talk about their work, lack of work ethic. They can't take the least bit of criticism or constructive feedback. They just fall apart. They get mad, stomp their foot, and they're 30 years old and all these things. And you know what? They've earned it. A lot of them have earned that reputation. However, I'll tell you this. What I love about millennials, number one, is they, they absolutely they want to be attached to a cause. They do. And I love that about them. And yes. I'll say something about millennials. We give them a hard time, but we did it to them. Mm-hmm. We told millennials mm-hmm. that if you'll, if you'll just get out of bed in the morning, we'll give you a trophy. I mean, if you'll do the least work possible, if, you'll, if you will do the absolute bare minimum, we'll call you a rock star, and we will literally give you a trophy just for showing up. And, and so no wonder they're struggling in the workplace. No wonder they don't understand that, you, that, that you know, bonuses are earned, not given, mm. you know. And, and so my sons, I want my sons to be ready for how the real world looks. And, and uh, so there's no parent shoot on the, uh, the, the cruise boys. I can tell you that. All right. All right. So, you know, and, and this is a great place to 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 go. I, 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 there's so many things to talk about and so so many things in this book, a, a lot of wisdom. Like you said, it's just practical stuff. But in this day and age, we kind of need to get practical because in some ways we've kind of lost our minds. Um, so so many things to talk about. But one thing I, I kind of want to focus on, you talk very early in the book about choosing sides. And I think, you know, when we're talking about this, you know, setting, you know, are we going to be these, uh, you know, the, the helicopter parents or the lawnmower parents, you know, are we, are we going to, how are we setting up our children? Are we setting them up for success? You know, every parent wants to do that, right? Everybody wants to set their children up to succeed in the world. And we're so well-meaning, but sometimes we, we just do it by the seat of our own pants, right? And we think, okay, whatever the way the wind blows, our parachute is, is how we're going to do it. And we're not even aware of the sides that we're choosing. So I would like to hear a little, a little or a lot from you about that. So this idea of choosing sides. Yeah, uh, choosing sides is, is all about your loyalties. And here's, what, here's where that comes from. If you look in the book of James, chapter 1, James talks about the person, if you lack wisdom, so in fact, let's, let's, let's take parenting. 
If you lack wisdom, let, let him ask of God. Let, let's ask of God who gives to all without partiality. But then right behind that, James says in chapter 1, but they, you should ask in faith. For the one that doesn't ask in faith is, like, is a double-minded man, unstable in all their ways, tossed about like, like the raging sea, to and fro, confused. Well, double-mindedness, what does that mean? It, you know, if you look in the original language, it literally means that you are two-souled. You're two-faced. You live with one foot in one world and one foot in the other. So the reason that God isn't going to answer those prayers, if you lack wisdom, is because God already knows that you're not committed to obedience already. You're just not going to do it. God can tell you to do something, and you're not going to do it. So therefore, therefore, you literally live in two worlds. You have divided loyalties. And, and what we see, I think, today in a lot of parents is you, you have to choose who your house is going to serve. And and so for Michelle and I, we decided, even down in, in things like spanking, you know, um, we, we absolutely do practice that or did. You don't, have to, you don't have to, that's the secret. You don't have to do it very much. You do it enough when they're little and, and they'll, they'll understand that you mean what you say. But, I, you know, even with the scriptures are very clear that we are to raise our sons with discipline. And I don't care what modern culture says. At the end of the day, Nancy, I'm not going to be standing in front of Jimmy Fallon or Jerry Seinfeld or the President of the United States or the Secretary of Defense. I'm not going to be standing in front of any world leader. I'm going to be standing before Holy God mm. when I die. And, and so, therefore, I have to choose who I'm going to serve. And, and so I chose when it came to raising my sons, I want them to have honor and character, and I want them to have class. Oh, we have, we have a, you know, even the little things, man, when a woman walks up to your table, stand up when a lady comes to your table. Open the door for a woman. That's not old school manners. That's honor. It's honor. It's not just manners. Anybody can have manners. It's honor. Mm. And and our sons do not have that, man. And so, I mean, if you look across all these teams I coach and you see all these boys and you can't, you can't blame them, you know, because their dads are, are not doing it. So for me, we made, a cho- we made a choice a long time ago that we were literally going to go the way of the Lord God. And in today's world, you're just going to have to make that decision. Because if you don't, you're going to do exactly what James said. You're going to be tossed about Mm -hmm. a a ship on the ocean going wherever the wind blows you. Right, right. And a little while ago, you mentioned, you know, the word um, unapologetic, right? Unapologetically. And I think that that factors into this, at least in in my uh, interpolation, extrapolation of what you're talking about. Because I think, you know, you also said indecisive. You know, we're indecisive. And I... I can't help but wonder if uh, a big part of that is because of all the voices. You know, we talked about, you know, Jerry Seinfeld or Jimmy Fallon or Phil Dunphy, you know, all the voices, um, whether it's on TV shows or what, you know, culture, Twitter, social media, Insta- you know, following people on Instagram. We have all these voices just shouting at us about how, you know, how, how it's done, how, how everything is done, let alone, you know, parenting and fathering. So, with this indecision, you know, making a choice, even when we're double-minded, we're still making choices. We just aren't making consistent choices. We're making this choice. We're making that choice. And, you know, in so many ways, like, we don't even know why we believe what we believe. And you talk about, 
you talk about worldview, and I think this is another really important piece in this discussion. So let's start there with worldview, because, all right, I have an idea of what worldview means, um, but I, I want to hear from you. When you say worldview, what do you mean? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So a worldview is literally like a think of think of a, uh, a pair of glasses. You know, every day that you get up, you have a pair of glasses that you look a, a frame, a lens, and they literally frame up how you look at life. And that worldview comes from your parents, it comes from your stories, it comes from the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, the victory, the successes, the failures, all those things that shape who makes you. But the bigger issue at hand is are you able to let Jesus change your worldview? Are you able to do that? Are you able to look at what you were told to believe versus what God tells you to believe. And when it comes to raising your sons, your worldview literally will shape how you parent. So if you believe that, I give a perfect example. When I was raised growing up, if my teacher called my dad or if I came home with a problem with a teacher, my parents sided with the teacher automatically. Like, what'd you do? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Today, if, if kids come home or they don't make the baseball team, they, if they don't make the baseball team, kids go, parents are going crazy that somehow that coach has ripped them off. No, maybe your son can't hit a baseball. Maybe he just can't do it. Maybe baseball's not his thing. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. but, but their worldview is that we're owed something or somehow, somehow it didn't go well. And so your worldview has shifted and it's been toxified by toxic theology. And so for me, your worldview has to be, has Jesus, is Jesus Lord of the eyes by which you perceive the world? Right. And I, I just think this is so important because even the, the very concept of worldview itself, I don't think people really are even consciously aware that they have one. You know, it's, it's sort of like the air that we breathe. Well, okay, yeah, I'm breathing it, but I'm not thinking about it. We all have a worldview. And like you said, it's, it's simply the way we see the world and our experiences, you know, our, our, what we were taught, what we've experienced, the way we're wired, it all factors into that. But you kind of take it a step further and you talk about, um, you just said toxic in the book, I think you used the word infected worldview. And to me, I think this is, this is so important. Um, in fact, I want to read a little passage from uh, page 23. I think this speaks to, to what you're talking about. Um, so you say a person's theology comes from tradition as, as much as it does from organic truth. We all have that going on inside of us, and God has to get it out of us. When your theology about raising kids, theology about anything for that matter, is taken from what your parents told you to believe and what your preacher told you to believe and what your youth minister told you to believe, you're going to find yourself smack in the middle of a divided life because you don't actually own the theology driving your life. You're just borrowing it. And boy, oh boy, that just hit me because I say this to my daughter all the time. Know why you believe what you believe. That's right. Know, yeah. know why you believe what you believe. And, and you have to, a disciple owns it. Right. They have met Jesus personally and they know why they believe what they believe. It, you have to own your theology. 
such important stuff. And there's so much more that we could talk about and I'd love to talk about, but I, I think this is, this is a good teaser. Get this book people, because there's a lot more wisdom. If you like this, you're going to love the rest of it. Uh, I would, you know, would love to have you back sometime to follow up this discussion, but uh, tell people how they can get your book. You can get it at Amazon, like everybody else is getting everything at Amazon. Um, you can find it in the thick of it there. Uh, it, it is it is a great – here's what I would encourage you to do. Read in the thick of it if you have young boys, or if you're a grandparent, give it. Buy it and give it to your kids that are starting to raise a family. I'm telling you, it's, it's just – it's practical, theological, but everyday street language that's looking at life differently on how to raise men of conviction so that when when culture comes and and it's coming buddy it's coming after your son and your daughter it's coming so they'll be able to stand on their own two feet and own their faith such great encouragement jason thank you so much for being with us today and i just wish you all the best and blessings um on this book and your ministry thank you nancy you're the best appreciate what you're doing oh take care god bless As usual, we only scratch the surface of the iceberg, and you know the way of icebergs. So, what I'm trying to say is there's so much more good stuff in Jason's book in the thick of it. You might just want to go get yourself a copy, especially if you know someone raising young men. But really, just about anybody's going to get something out of this book. So, check him out on Amazon, or better yet, go to his website, jasoncruz.com, where you can get into the thick of it all uh, that Jason has to offer. And don't forget to visit me on the Isle of Misfits where you can find more great podcasts like these, blog posts, and other fun surprises. And hey, if you like what you hear, I've never asked this before, but I would love it if you would leave a review on iTunes because that'll help other misfits find us as well. So thanks for listening. And until next time, keep owning your awkward Keep loving those fellow misfits in your life. They're there. You don't have to look very far. And keep looking for beauty and truth because it's everywhere.